1: That's 800 760 1845.
2: The motorsports world is where legends are made, the unthinkable happens, and barriers are broken. One man harnesses the power of an industry every week. This is the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor with Jim Beaver.
3: And here we are again with another edition of the General Tire Down a Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor and guess what? Yep, I'm your host right here, Jim Beaver, locked loaded. We are ready for uh, one of my favorite episodes of the year we do every single year. The episode that is the lead up to the greatest spectacle in all of motorsports. Yes, the Indianapolis 500. The Indy 500 is upon us. It is this weekend. If you're tuning in, regardless of where you're tuning in, yes, it is going on, and I am really excited to have a triple header of guests from the IndyCar world. Last week, we had my good friend Ed Carpenter on the show. Don't want to discredit that one. This week, we have none other than Indy 500 winner, Mr. Alexander Rossi. We have an Indy 500 pole sitter And my good friend James Hinchcliffe, a.k.a. Hinchtown. And then we've got one of the young guns of the IndyCar series, Dalton Kellett, driving for A.J. Foyt. He is going to be on the show as well. Three guests, big-time IndyCar talk today. Yes, we're going to dive into a lot of Indy 500 talk. In addition, I've got my good friend Tiffany Stone. She's going to keep it locked and loaded with uh, everything non-IndyCar. We're going to talk a little rally, a whole lot of off-road, and... um, Who knows where else uh, the conversation will go anytime she is on the show. But, yes, big show today. Do have a lot of segments for fan questions. You got any fan questions, hit me with them and hit me with them soon. At Jim Beaver 15, we will get those answered in the show today. But uh, really excited to bring this massive IndyCar show to you. And uh, man, we got a whole lot of other stuff to talk about as well. Short course is getting ready to get fired up. We've had Great American Off Road Series uh, gas; they've been going on on the West Coast. Got a couple of rounds deep. We got the big series Champ Off Road. They're about ready to come out swinging. Uh, we just had Road Racing NASCAR at Circuit of the Americas, and uh, man, Road Course. And it was uh, it was interesting. Let's say that racing in the rain, and uh, we were probably dive into that because a lot of drivers had a lot to talk about there. Um, man, it's uh, it's a good time to uh, to be talking motorsports. I know Toby Price, a good friend of our of the show. He just had some massive news as well. Pro motocross getting ready to get fired up. Man, it is uh, it is game on, gas on, right here on the general tire. Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Hang tight. You don't want to go anywhere. We got two hours action-packed coming right at you. Whether you're looking for a tire that balances high performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in wet and dry conditions, or a summer performance tire designed with a driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the all-new G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, cruising with a down and dirty radio show since 2012. You want extreme performance, reliability, and the most fun you can have on four wheels? The Polaris Razor brings it to you. But you don't need to take my
4: word for it. You can take theirs. I'm Tanner Faust, and I choose the Polaris Razor because it's the most
5: fun you can have with a steering wheel.
4: What's up? I'm Ronnie Renner, and I choose Polaris Razor because it's the sickest, most reliable side-by-side on the planet.
5: What's up, everybody? Heavy D from Diesel Brothers. Listen,
6: I'm on Team Razor because it's hands down the best piece of machinery on the planet.
8: From the 2018 Master Distillers of the Year comes a bold new American whiskey and fistful of bourbon. Their whiskeys have been award-winning for generations. Now they're going all in on bourbon, blending five straight whiskeys to create a big, balanced bourbon that stands apart from everything else. So grab yourself a fistful of bourbon, a blend of five bourbons created with over 100 years of whiskey blending experience. It ain't just a bourbon, it's a damn fistful. Please enjoy responsibly.
7: Catch all the back episodes of the Down and Dirty Radio Show on Apple Podcast, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio
3: Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Time to get things fired up, and uh, yes, we have a ton to talk about. I am still recovering from Baja, Nevada. Um, where we officially took second place up there. Really excited about that. But uh, Motorsports has moved on since then, even if I haven't. And uh, this past weekend was one of my favorite weekends of the year. It was. Indy 500 qualifying weekend. And normally, yes, normally I'm actually back in Indianapolis, but because of Baja Nevada, I opted to stay in Arizona and, uh, yeah, recover a couple weekends on the road between Silver State and Baja Nevada. Yeah, it was time to uh, time to uh, get my bearings and uh, come back to center. And you know what? I was able to take in pretty much an entire week of all the practices of IndyCar. I uh, was able to take in uh, qualifying. Um, pretty much every every minute of TV, I, I got this big sixty five inch monitor here in the studio slash my office, and uh, you know I put it up there on what is it Peacock now, right Peacock TV, and uh, just pretty much just let it run on on mute and watch pretty much everything I could uh, in between doing interviews and and you know and, and running my uh, my media and marketing business and uh, really exciting month. The, the crazy thing is is one thing about Indy Indy is uh, you know I'm sure we'll get into it with Rossi and Hinch and Kelly you know this week, but Seems like every single year there's just that one marquee guy that doesn't quite have the speed. And you know, we saw it with Will Power. Here's, here's one of the baddest dudes on the planet in an indie car, and he almost didn't make the field. Like he literally almost got bumped out, went into bump day qualifying, and um, you know, he was able to sneak in there, but just the crazy thing about the Indy Five Hundred, the thing I absolutely love about it. And I know a lot of people hate it. You know, NASCAR protects its drivers. You know, they they always protect. Uh, you know, their their key players. You, you're going to get in the show with the Daytona Five Hundred. You're going to get in regardless. We don't care who shows up. You're going to get in. Indy, it's the equalizer. That's why you get these crossover drivers come in because everybody knows they got a fair shake. NASCAR, you don't have a fair shake, man. IndyCar, car, you absolutely have a fair shake, especially at the Indy 500. They don't care who you are. They will send your ass home. Hitch, yeah, a couple years ago, what was it, 2017, 2018? I should know right off the top of my head, but Hitch got sent home. Boy didn't qualify in. He was one of the top A-plus players, and uh, he went home. Didn't qualify in. You know, and he's been a pole sitter before. He's one of the faces of Honda, or or was, of, of IndyCar. I mean, sheesh. He's uh, he's as big his name as they come, and, uh, you know, they, they sent him home. So that's one thing I love is everybody knows if you've got a car, you can show up to the Indianapolis 500, and everybody has a fair shake to make the field. No favorites. And, uh, you know, and, and Will Power, obviously, he snuck in. Um, but it was just by the skin of his teeth. And, uh, you know, it was, um, it was interesting. It, it was a nail biter. Uh, you know, you got Fast 9. You get it. I love everything about how they do qualifying for IndyCar. I know a lot of the drivers don't. It's probably the most stressful weekend of their lives or their careers every year. But um, I like it. Nobody is guaranteed a spot. And I think it's the purest form of motorsport you can have, where it doesn't matter if you are the greatest driver on the planet. They will send you home. What? Fernando Alonso a couple years ago. Alonso didn't make the cut. I mean, here's, uh, you know, one of the most recognizable faces in the entire world when it comes to motorsport. They sent him home. He didn't make the cut. You know, oh, sorry, Alonso. Coming up short. See you later. And uh, that is one thing that I love about Indy. Um, It is pure in the purest form, and it is great. I can't wait for this Sunday. I will watch all 500 miles of this race. Uh, hands down. Do I have a favorite? Absolutely not. Uh, there was some great odds and I threw some money on some drivers, but I've got too many friends in the field to have a favorite here. Um, I just want to see a great race that goes down to the finish and uh, and I guarantee you that's what we're going to see. And fingers crossed, no rain delays, right? Because the rain just screws up and if you had knock on wood, Yes, I'm I'm sitting in front of a desk in the studio that is wood, and uh, we're going to knock on that wood that uh, uh, what we've seen so far through qualifying and practices with no rain holds up this Sunday, and uh, we don't have it there uh, as well. Because, man, wouldn't that be great to see your Indy 500 with no rain delays? But uh, fingers crossed. It could happen. We will see. But uh, uh, hopefully I didn't just jinx it. But, uh, yes, Indy was amazing this past week, uh, weekend and the qualifying. And, uh, you know, it's almost a race within the race. And I think that's what's cool. You know, Um, uh, you know, it's it's so gripping. And even like Daytona 500 does not have that, you know, you know, that that emotion and uh you know because everybody at the end of the day no matter how bad you qualify you know you still got a spot in the field and india is uh definitely not that way so uh yeah that happened um we also you know we had daytona or excuse me nascar we had nascar running at circuit of the americas uh this one i was kind of uh i was up in the air about mainly because I, I love road racing and I love NASCARs on road courses with big boxes. It's just fun to watch them road course race, but it's got to be like a smaller, tighter track, right? And I was worried about circuit of the Americas being so long and being a formula one track. And, and even IndyCar was quite a bit slower than formula one. It was still gripping and engaging great road course, but I thought it might get boring because NASCARs just can't carry that speed that Indian formula one do. And even MotoGP GP that runs there, you know? And, uh, uh kind of we i was right to an extent but the rain hit right and uh the drivers hated it now nascars can road race in the rain everybody road races in the rain anywhere in the world indy cars nascar yes you road race in the rain uh um formula one you know uh lamar it doesn't matter you road race in the rain well nascar drivers have never had to do that before and you want to talk about a bunch of complainers man it, it it was crazy on social media. Oh, this is the most dangerous, scariest thing I've ever done. And I, I'm watching this, and I'm almost laughing because, you know, I, I come from off road where we do, we we race in the blind more often than not. And is it at 200 miles an hour? No, it's at uh, 100 100 plus miles an hour. So yeah, but it's still dangerous. But. We can't see, and we just drive what we can see, but those guys, for some odd reason, think they need to be able to drive 200 miles an hour when they can't see, and I don't know. It was just interesting. Um, Yeah, they couldn't see. It was kind of a mess. It was a beep show uh, uh, to an extent, but... uh, I kind of like throwing drivers, you know, something different. As a fan, I like to see that. You know, as a driver, I like to experience that. That's why I do the different disciplines that I do. Not that I'm going to be great at all of them, but I, I try it just to to see see if I can expand my horizons, you know. And, and these drivers absolutely hated it, complained. Um, it was a mess. They spun. And I just started laughing, you know. And they're like, oh, we can't drive. We're spinning out. And I'm like, yeah, but you could go slower and not spin out. Like, to me, you drive the track. You drive what's in front of you. Drive what you can see and you drive the track. But I guess in NASCAR world, you don't do that. You still want to be able to send it at 100%. Like, to me, you adjust your driving to the conditions you have. I guess NASCAR does not feel that way because we had a lot of drivers complaining. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite a mess. I only watched bits and, bits and pieces of the broadcast. I was pretty busy. Um with uh, various other things including uh indy 500 stuff but uh yeah i don't know interesting concept for nascar obviously they're going to be back at circuit of america it's a beautiful facility um and i'm i'm sure uh, there won't be rain next time but supposedly nascar says they've got a bunch of adjustments to make things like that so i don't know uh, but yeah we got uh to- uh, a lot of stuff coming up this weekend. Obviously, the big one, um, we've got the Indy 500. Uh, we got the Coca-Cola 600. Monaco Grand Prix happened last week. We didn't even talk about that. I tuned in and watched uh, watched uh, a bit of that. Can't say I'm a West Coast guy, so I had to get up pretty darn early. And I was uh, nursing a fistful of bourbon hangover on uh on uh on sunday so uh i can't promise you that i watched the start yeah i went up at five thirty to watch uh, the start uh pacific time but i did watch the finish and uh i love monaco i love formula one i love the monaco grand prix mainly because it's so different you know if what is i i think formula one's got what 22 23 races on the calendar or something like that um should know don't know off the top of my head i know i'm in the ballpark but if all of them were that way, yeah, it would be boring. But one race a year, I'll take a, a a historic street course, you know, that's tight and twisty and not much passing. Plays to qualifying more and and pit strategy, things like that. Like, I'll watch that once a year, especially because of Monaco and a beautiful backdrop. Cars have got bigger. I think that's Formula One's doing, you know. Um, when they were smaller, it was definitely a little bit racier. Um, but I, I don't know. They're talking about changing Monaco. Please don't change it. Keep it the way it is. I love Monaco for Monaco um i love the historic nature about it you know i don't want to see 22 monaco's a year but i will see one and i'll tune in and i'll watch it and it's still the crown jewel of formula one so to me i don't want to see change there i know a lot of people do this might be a question for twitter at jim beaver 15 do you like monaco the way it is do you want to see it changed uh what are your thoughts because uh, i like monaco the way it is um and uh, you know, speaking of historic venues uh, in the off-road world, we got Anago coming up next weekend. Yes, Anago, you know that from uh, Wisconsin way back when, one of the iconic Midwest short-course tracks. It's been in hibernation for. What fifteen twenty years and uh, yeah, it is coming back this year. We are about a week out from Antigo, uh, Champ Off Road kicking out their kicking off their twenty twenty one calendar there, and I'm really excited for that one to see uh, to see that course in action again and see some of the top drivers in off road doing battle. Um, And, uh, you know, it's such a a historic off-road venue. So that's going to be exciting. We got Crandon later on in June. I'll be at that one. But uh, a lot of stuff happening in the world of motorsports. We're going to get even further into it today on the show. But uh, before we do that, uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. We come back. It is going to be Alexander Rossi, uh, former Indy 500 winner, right here on the show on the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor.
9: A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
7: You're listening to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. All killer and no filler.
3: Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. I'd like to welcome my good friend Alex Rossi to the show. Alex, uh, man, I guess this is uh, this is the week, uh, the calm before the storm I like to call this week, right? Because a lot of off-track stuff for you guys uh, that leads to uh, the big one on Sunday. But uh, how's everything been, man?
11: Yeah, it's been it's been good. I mean, it's uh, it's always a crazy month here in, in Indianapolis to uh, to try and, and go through practice and qualifying and, and everything all, all in preparation for, for the 500. But uh, um, yeah, as you say, this, this week is kind of all of the, the media and community stuff that we do, which is just great to, to be able to do again. You know, at, at the end of the day last year when we did the 500 in August, it, it, all of this kind of disappeared. Um, so it's great to, to have some sense of, of normalcy back in racing.
3: Yeah, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. And how was that last year? I mean, I felt as a fan, I wasn't able to go back last year. So, But, you know, our immediate personality, but it felt just kind of weird. I mean, it was the Indy 500 and not taking anything away from the event. I mean, it, it was amazing that it was actually got to go on. But it's got to feel you as a driver – a little special to be back in May. I mean, it, you know, it's just something about this month and and everything around India. Just to me, it it wasn't there was something missing last year. If that makes any sense.
11: Yeah, I mean, I I, um, I actually heard someone earlier today say that you know the drivers are the heart of of IndyCar racing and and the 500, but the fans are the soul of it. Right. So it's uh, it, it, it's very. I think we all got a very rude awakening and, and, a, and gained a huge amount of appreciation for the fans and, and what they bring to the table last year when we didn't have anyone when we did the 500 behind closed doors so um, to, to be able to welcome the fans back in in, in some capacity like we have this year is, is fantastic and it's completely changed the the whole feel of the race and 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 the month and um, you know this this is an event where the entire city and state kind of gets behind so it's, it's cool to have that back it's it's why us as drivers love this race so much and and why it means so much to everyone involved.
3: Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the month of May. We'll talk about uh, 2021 here in a bit, but, you know let 's talk about uh, leads us up till today obviously uh i've watched most of the practice sessions on television and uh you know and and you've been wicked quick all year or, or all week long i mean it leads us up to qualifying and obviously you 're sitting in tenth you are right outside of the fast nine uh obviously you 've got a car we know quick enough for the fast nine but kind of take us through qualifying and uh you know, and then kind of lead us into some race strategy heading into Sunday. I mean, sitting 10th, man, you're you're sitting in a great spot. And sometimes I almost feel like, you know, being right there outside of the front couple of rows might actually be a benefit come race time. But uh, kind of take us through qualifying and how you feel you, you know, your car is and, and, you know, that leads us into Sunday. Yeah, I
11: mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think the car is, has been fantastic all month. You know, we've been able to work through everything that, that we were we had on our, our list, if you will, um, and, and everything kind of was going as planned. Um, qualifying was a disaster. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things that happened um, that prevented us from going out again uh, it was not my decision. Ultimately, um, I was sitting in the car for about an hour and a half waiting to go. But that's a, a story for another day. Um, but as you say, I mean, tense is, is fine. Um, I think the car easily is, is a top five car in qualifying. Had we, had we been afforded the opportunity? Um, but that's, that's all behind us now. And, um, you know, I look at 19 and 20 when we were, you know, fighting for the win and we started ninth and, and obviously 2016 we, we started 11th. So, you know, we're definitely in with a shot, um, and, and have as good of an opportunity as anyone. And, and ultimately, you know, this race is, is really not about qualifying you know qualifying is cool it's, it's an ego boost um for those who are successful but you know 500 miles we we, we know the amount of variables that, that go into this race and, and and how much can can happen in the blink of an eye and you know i think this year more than ever with how competitive you know the, the series is this race is really going to be won or lost um on pit lane you know i think there's there's a lot to to be gained or or given away in pit lane and then ultimately, um, who's the most aggressive with, with their kind of car setup going into the race. You know, these cars, especially with the aero screen are are a lot more difficult to follow and pass. And so those who are pretty aggressive with the mechanical balance of the car are often those that are, that are
12: rewarded.
3: So let's, let's go back. I mean, a couple of years, obviously your first time at Indy, you know, you, you've won the Indianapolis 500, you know what it takes to win the the 500. Now, in retrospect, you've done it quite a few times since then. I mean, is it good to, obviously it's always good to win the Indy 500, but do you feel like winning that the first year now, knowing how tough it is to get back there to uh, the winner circle? I mean, was that good or bad winning so early in your Indy car career,
11: Alex?
13: Uh, I mean, it was probably a good
11: thing. Because, um, <laughs> you know, the, 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 stress of, of trying to win it isn't really there. It's more just the desire to do, do it again. Cause you know how, how special it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's 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 a hard one to answer. you know, you you talk to the guys who like your Tonys and um, Willpower and such, who had been trying for so long and always came up short, and then they finally won, and there's this huge break of emotion because they they finally accomplished it and they finally kind of defeated Indianapolis. But then you have the guys who, you know, have won it before, like like Ryan Hunter Ray. Um, Scott where you know they they won it they know what it takes to win and they know all that comes with winning and then you know they have these these years where you know it's it, you don't win and each time you the desire to kind of taste it again is is exponentially growing so I don't know if the guys who haven't won it have it easier the guys who have won it have it easier but regardless all 33 uh, men and women who are competing have have you know only one thing on their mind this entire month and, and that's winning the race
3: yeah well and you know that being said obviously you know a couple years ago he came up second i mean it was you know nail biter down to the end man i mean uh you know, it's it's one of those. I mean, how do you approach Sunday? I mean, race strategy, things like that. You got to be there at the end, but uh, is, is it better to be leading? Is it better to be a second in those closing laps? I mean, uh, you know, I, obviously you got to get to that point. It's, uh, you know, to to be in that position also, you know, over 500 miles. But, uh, you know, take us into a little race strategy come uh, come Sunday, knowing you're, uh, you know, you're starting in the 10th spot and, uh, you know, you got to, you know, you don't have a ton of traffic to work through, but uh, obviously you got to play the long game in Indy.
11: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it changes every year, basically. On, on, you know, what your strengths are to your competitors. I think Honda's done a, a phenomenal job again this year of, of really bringing bringing a lot of a lot of ponies, and and I think we have the upper hand on 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 the competition from that standpoint. Whereas in 2019, um, you know, we were kind of
9: on on the
11: other side of it, and so for me, like the only chance I had was to try and be second, and and Simon, um, you know have some sort of flip or or issue or something that would allow me to get a run on him because, you know, we didn't have the speed to kind of punch, punch a hole and and lead in clean air. Whereas this year, I think it's a little bit different. So the strategy, you know, is for us, I mean, as much as you need to be there at the end, you also got to be in the top five for most of the race, um, just so that you can kind of control your own destiny. So I think for us, you know, the first stint, in or two it's we gotta be pretty aggressive and, and get track position and, and once we're in the top five then you can start playing the, the chess game of of understanding where people are good and bad and, and where um, you you know you can save fuel on them and, and play that that part of the strategy and um, at the end of the day no one really wants to lead Indy until the last lap. You know, it's it's really a big disadvantage to go out there and, and tow everyone along. While you're out there, is is the leader in clean air. You know, it's it's not really the way to, to, to run the race. So it's it's always a back and forth of of guys trying not to lead, but obviously someone does. Um, so it's it's always fun. You know, kind of from mile 100 to 400, you're you're always just jockeying for for position, and, and everyone has their per- preferred spot. And then you get to the last hundred miles um, for for the final stint, and then it's kind of a, a free for all, and, and everyone's obviously going for the win.
3: Yeah. So, uh, you know, in closing, I guess uh, obviously we've got the big race coming up Sunday. I mean, how tough is this you as a driver? I mean, Indy's the, the weird one. You qualify a week before your race. I mean, in years past, I mean, it's been sometimes multiple weeks of qualifying, things like that. But, you know, obviously you've got an entire week here. You're, you're doing a lot of interviews like this one. Like you said, a lot of community events, a lot of media obligations, fan thing, you know, fan activations, things like that. I mean, is it tough, you know, to qualify and then no, you don't race for an entire week? I mean, heck, you're not even in the car until Friday, you know. It's almost like you got to reset, you know, and then turn Friday, you've got, you know, carb day, things like that. But how tough is it with this week in between? I mean, do you, do you kind of lose a bit of your – I don't know, man. It's just – to me, it's got to be really tough as a driver to take a week off in between qualifying the event.
11: It's honestly not that bad. You know, It's we spend we spend a lot of time in the car from Tuesday all the way through yesterday evening and it's, it's honestly nice. It's nice to not go to the racetrack today. It's nice not to sit in a race car and pound around. Um, you know, it, it, it gives everyone time to kind of catch their breath and reset and look at everything and, you know, really analyze what your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, you know, carb day, you know, you, you have the, the two hours to kind of get your, your feet wet and, and get back into the mindset of of, you know what you need to be doing so uh it, it's, it's honestly not that big of a deal i think if we had to go straight to the race today i think everyone's pretty burnt out and it wouldn't be a good thing <laughs> it wouldn't be a great situation
3: well alex uh always fun having you on the show my friend i know uh, you got uh, a lot of these to do today so we'll let you go but uh, always appreciate the time and uh, looking forward to uh seeing you chase down uh, another indy 500 victory come sunday
11: yeah man i appreciate you having me thanks so much
3: and we'll be back right after this I'm Polaris rider Jim Beaver. I race trophy trucks professionally, host a Down and Dirty radio show, and also travel the country announcing motorsports events. I've seen it all, and trust me, I've done most of it. So when it comes time to relax on the weekend, nothing is better than taking time with my family in our Razor vehicles. They've got the reliability I need to just pick up and go explore the desert dunes or trail and have the capability to attack even the harshest terrain. If you're looking for some of the most reliable and safest, and hands-down most capable off-road machines in the world, look no further than Polaris in their award-winning lineup of Razor vehicles. Whether you want your daughter to experience off-road driving for the first time in a Razor 170 like me, take the entire family out in a Razor XP4 1000 on the weekend, or shred the desert and dunes in the all-new Razor XP1000 Fox Edition, Polaris has you handled. Take my advice and join me and some of the best drivers in the world by driving a Polaris Razor. Check out the full Polaris Razor line. Up at Polaris.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Polaris Razor. Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. I'd like to welcome uh, returning guest Dalton Kellett to the line. Dalton, it's been almost a year, I would say, probably to the day since we've had you on the show, man. Well, I guess not not necessarily. I guess Indy was last year in August. But, uh, uh, man, another Indy 500. How's everything going, buddy?
6: Yeah, it's good, Jim. Thanks for having me on. I guess, I guess it's more a year in spirit than on, on calendar <laughs> dates. But, uh, no, it's good. Happy to be back at Indy and happy to be – at the track with, uh, with fans back in the stands.
3: Yeah, I know that's... It's been
6: a uh, much more exciting year.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's got to be pretty exciting for you. I mean, obviously, you know, last year was last year, and I think we were all just excited to have any kind of racing that we were able to get. But have Indy fans in the stands. I mean, it's going to be full capacity come Sunday. I mean, this is what the Indy 500 is. I've told people it's never been to the Brickyard, never been there for the Indy 500. Uh, I'm like, that place is special. You just walk in and you feel different. And especially come Memorial Weekend when that place is packed, like, there's just this energy in the air and it's just something special, you know?
6: Yeah. Yeah. Last year was last year. So that's, so that, that's a good way to put it. Um, the, uh, the energy there is definitely, it's, it's so unique. I feel like the 500, even if you're not a race fan, it's like it's just one of those events that you have to do, um, once in your life just to experience it, you know, the, 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 the energy on the pre-grid and with all the pomp and ceremony beforehand and, we're getting back to that. It's not quite full capacity this year. Like it's forty uh, percent, with a like it's hundred and thirty, hundred and forty thousand people in 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 the sands that, that it's that it's opened up to. So, you know, we've got some of the best fans in motorsport, best best fans in, in 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 sport, and we're super excited to have them back for the for the race with us.
3: Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your month of May, man, because uh, I I gotta say. How how good was it to feel after qualifying on uh, you know after qualifying to know hey I'm locked into the field I don't have to go through bump day I don't have to go through that drama like how big of a relief off it was your shoulders to qualify in and and not have to come back and run the car on Sunday.
6: I'll tell you what I slept a lot better that night than I would have if we had to go back and and try to make the field in the last chance qualifying for bump day so it felt great. Uh, you know the team gave me um, gave me a good far, uh, a good good car. I, I felt like overall we lost a little bit of pace in that number four K line car overnight from Fast Friday. We we thought we were pretty racy um, after our last couple Q sims on Friday there, but I think we just kind of missed the gears a bit and had a bit too much scrub in the car. And made the afternoon pretty stre- you know pretty pretty stressful for us. But it, it turned out to be some great drama for the fans. So I'm sure it was super exciting for everyone watching.
3: Yeah, you know, and obviously, you know, you, you do that and then you're, you're back. Is there anything, you you know, standing there, obviously you've got, you know, you had a teammate still trying to qualify in and, and things like that. But anything you can uh, you can take away from, from Sunday, actually being able there, just stand around in your hat and your polo shirt and, and, you know, you're not in the car. Is there anything you as a driver can take away? Or what are you watching? Are you watching data? you watching lines? You, anything you can take away that, you know, makes your program better come next Sunday?
6: You know, I think during the bump day qualifying, I I, I was really just there, kind of watching and, and cheering on Charlie. Like they they had, you know, their their timing stand was pretty busy with you know people from our crew trying to help them out. So there wasn't really a whole lot of space for me to provide any input, and you know that, that's not really my place to be doing that. But I I still felt like it was you know good to see what the engineers were focusing on, and it was it was really a team effort. You know, over, overnight we all worked together trying to help Charlie and see what what it was that you know they could learn from the other other three cars, try to get them in in the show. Sadly, it, you know it wasn't enough and it didn't work out for them, but it was definitely a, a, a team effort across the four Ford cars.
3: Yeah, well, you know, let's look at 2021 as a whole for you, and you know how you know. Obviously, it's always good as a driver to get something locked in where you got a full year, and and how is it this year? You know, being locked in, knowing you got a full year there with Foyt, you get a chance to really stretch your legs, kind of feel the program out. You know, obviously, you're you know, you ran with Foyt last year as well. I mean, how, how is 2021 looking? You know, you know, you as a driver able to just mature and take more data, more in uh, some of these tracks you're seeing again for for you know second time. Obviously, you saw mm-hmm. them in Indy Lights before, but you know, 2020 one as a whole how are you feeling
6: i'm feeling good with our program you know having having seb on 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 full-time on on the 14 car i mean full-time in, in in the four car i feel like it's been a good combo we we're, we're you know working really well together and seb's just immensely talented and, and experienced so having his background and his input you know for me personally has been great because it's given you know me a great resource um to really tap into and like i said trying to grow and learn as a as a as a driver, there's definitely still you know some intricacies and sort of bits about this car that I'm trying to figure out and it's it's uh having that full year really helps give you the time and you know the kind of runway to do that whereas last year things were a little bit more rushed so that extra track- track time is uh great to have for sure.
3: Yeah, Well, and that being said, I was going to ask you, you know, you kind of led into it. But how is it you as a young driver, man, you've, you've had an opportunity not many get. I mean, last year you had Tony, you know, in the ecosystem there at Floyd, And this year you've got, you know, obviously you've got Sebastian there. I mean, you know, having these assets in place and obviously you're with an organization that's been around for a long time. I mean, that's had to have been really beneficial for you as a driver to have, you know, these guys you can rely on and kind of pick their brains when, when you you know, you've got a question or, or you know, or, or maybe just mm-hmm. need a, you know, a bit of advice.
6: For sure. And I think that's, you know, that's, you kind of hit the nail right on the head. It's like having, having the access to those guys, I think is, is a great part of, you know, the way that Larry and the team have structured this where you've got kind of a, a young guy and a, and a more experienced veteran. It sort of helps, you know, the, both those guys work off each other and, you know, me being able to to go to Seb when I have questions and tap into his, 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 his input is, has has already been paying, paying dividends. I, I, I feel like this season. So I'm, um, definitely liking the way that we're that we're working together and uh, we've got you know the, the big race coming up this weekend but we've got a lot of races left on 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 the calendar and i'm excited to see what we can do
3: yeah so you know let's talk a little bit about the big one this sunday obviously uh qualified into the field at 30th i mean uh take us a little through a little strategy obviously uh you know you got to play the long game at indy you got to be there at the end uh you know what's uh, w- what's kind of the plans there to uh you know to, to try and work your way through traffic
6: yeah, we've we've got our work cut out for us for sure. You know, we we really would would have liked to have been starting further up the field, but that's uh, how it goes sometimes. I think you know, in our last practice on Sunday after uh, the Fast Nine qualifying, we found some stuff that's making the car feel pretty racy. So we were definitely able to follow closer than we were earlier in the week and get set you know set some guys up for passes. So which has been really hard. Like that's been the kind of the crux this year is actually getting the car to a place where you can comfortably follow close enough and make a pass and it's 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 been quite tough to do that so we're working on that and i think we'll be able to do that come race day and really it's it'll depend on you know how if there's early yellows and how you play that do you, do you come in for tires and fuel early or do you stay out try to get track position and you know when you're further back you occasionally have to take a risk like staying out when you might normally want to pit for tires and uh, fuel if it's like half stint or so in that first stint or two, and you know, that might let you leapfrog some people in, in the order. And then you, 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 know, you might need to do some fuel saving in, in the middle, of the, middle of, of the race. And then as things kind of start to coalesce and you, you're seeing how the pit windows are lining up for the end, you're just trying to plan those last, last couple stops and put yourself in a, in a, in a, in a good spot for the end.
3: Yeah. Well, here's a question. Obviously, you've been at Indy multiple times, done the freedom race there and, and, you know, finished on the podium. Uh, You know, that was, you know, infinitely shorter than the Indy 500. How how tough is it for a driver to to keep your mind focused for 500 miles? And that's 2000 corners there at Indy. and, And you've got to hit all every single one of them almost perfect. You know, how tough is it for you to stay focused for that long in the car?
6: It is pretty hard, you know. It's it's definitely a mental challenge. I mean, it's, it, the race can be up to you know three hours long or so, depending on the yellows, and it's going to be hot. So especially you know with the aero screen, talk the temperatures are, are pretty high. So it's you know it's, it's physical as well, but it's 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 really more of a, more of a mental challenge, and not only on the personal side on the like on the driver's side, but on the car side you're you're also trying to tune the car and the pit stops whether you're adding or or taking wing out to trim it up for the end or if you need to adjust the balance with a front wing change or tire pressure changes. So that's where the communication with the with the team comes in. And um you know really it's just you have to stay present in the moment and just focus on driving and not really let let yourself think ahead to results, think ahead to the, the finish, just be, you know, corner by corner, lap by lap. Yeah.
3: Well, big one, obviously, Indy this weekend. You know, forward-looking. I know the IndyCar schedule is kind of crazy because you get through this biggest event of the year, and it immediately throws you into just a ton of races with doubleheaders in Detroit, and you start hitting that stretch over the summer. Uh, you know, you know, as Indy wraps up, anything you're looking forward to on the calendar this year? Any any specific events?
6: Well, I've never been to. I I've, I've been to Belle Isle. I drove the uh, not the pace car, but the um, the kind of two seater pace cars for the for the for the Indian racing experience a number of years ago so i've been around the track but never raced there so looking forward to De- uh, De- detroit uh, personally i love the street courses so f- capping off the season at long beach is, is going to be a great experience that that for me that that whole west coast swing that we're that we're ending the year with is, is what i'm looking forward to that portland laguna long beach trio is going to be super fun
3: yeah, it's definitely kind of an interesting way to end the year this year for sure. Uh, it's got me definitely looking forward to being out at Long Beach to to cap things off. I think weather should be great that time of year, so definitely a way to cap things off, but uh, man, we've got the Indy 500 this uh, weekend. What's the rest of the week look for you?
6: Lots of media stuff. We've got you know interviews like like we're doing now. We have some local engagements with, with uh, schools, and I think we have a STEM engagement with some local schools in the area on, on Wednesday, then we have... Um, Media day with, with IndyCar, which tra- traditionally they would fly everyone out to various markets and do in-person interviews, with, but we've you know with COVID and whatnot, we're um, doing that all virtually. So we're all going to be at IMS uh, Carb Day on 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 Friday for our final practice, and then uh, then it's Saturday, then Sunday's the race. So it's a it's it's a busy week, but I've got you know kind of today and tomorrow to have a bit of downtime and um, just kind of get get ready for the weekend.
3: Well, Dalton, uh, best of luck this weekend. We'll definitely be tuned in to watch you, and uh, you know, appreciate you uh, taking the time to call into the show.
6: Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I'll see you there at uh, Long Beach.
3: And uh you know uh you know we're signing off with Dalton Kellett here we got a couple minutes before uh we do hit the break but uh, you know one of my favorite things about uh you know interviewing uh you know Indycar drivers and we saw this with my good friend Zach Veach who we had on numerous times and and Dalton Kellett seems like you know we, we get these uh, drivers and and uh, you know we're able to kind of follow their career path around with them and I love doing these interviews where we get to know the drivers on the show you know kind of in their rookie year and first time doing things and then you know, you follow up with them, you know, a year later, and you get to get uh, their feedback and and what how they think things are going and and what changes they've made in in their career and uh, you know their mentors and obviously with Dalton, you know, he's had uh, you know Tony Canaan and, and now Sebastian Bourdais, two of the all time greats, um, you know, as mentors and you know you had Zach Veach, who was surrounded by Alex Rossi, Ryan hunter Ray, uh Marco Andretti, I mean, uh, you know, Michael Andretti, and and he was surrounded by some of the greats and like to me that's such a rad thing to be able to talk to these young drivers and see their mentors and hear their mentors and and see how their career progresses and how they mature as drivers and uh you know that's one thing i really enjoy about the show and you know especially today i mean we've got uh you know, a guy in Rossi who is, uh, you know, the face of IndyCar right now, one of the faces of IndyCar and Indy 500 winner. We've got Hitch, who's the veteran who's been around, uh, you know, I don't want to say age him because he's still very young. and He's still got a lot of years left in his career, but, you know, he he's uh, had the highs and lows of Indy. I mean, you know, he, he's been a pole sitter. He's been bumped from the field. He had the crash that, you know, that uh, – unfortunately it almost took his life and um you know and he's been around he's won the long beach grand prix he's won races i mean he's always in the hunt and you know it's so great to get such a mix on today's show of uh you know young guns and and stars and and it's so awesome to get that that these different stories and how people are feeling about the biggest motorsport event in the world, in the Indianapolis 500 that is happening this Sunday. And I think that's, that's freaking amazing. You know, we do the same thing with the Baja 1000 every year and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, it, it's just kind of, kind of cool and, and Crandon and, and you know, and obviously I'm an off-road guy, so we lean heavy into the off-road stuff, but it's really kind of cool to get uh, those vibes and those stories and, and those feelings, you know, and, and how they're approaching things. It's, uh, just refreshing. But, uh, yes, it is uh, It is definitely time for me to stop rambling and us to uh, cut to a short commercial break. Uh, we come back. We'll be wrapping up hour number one here on the show. Hour number two, we got Tiffany Stone and we got James Hinchcliffe uh, on as well. So, uh, man, lots more to come right here on the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor.
1: That's 800-410-4771
14: I don't even recognize myself anymore
15: I'm really worried about him His addiction I haven't seen him like this Ever
14: Hey look, I I never wanted to start using I, I knew the drill But I was out of options
15: I just want to tell him It's not your fault There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through.
14: This has to stop. I'm losing everything. Everyone.
15: You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help.
14: It's time. I can do this.
15: Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Okay,
10: we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now.
1: 800 215 6812 800 215 215 That's 800 215 Thanks for tuning in to the Down and Dirty Radio Show available live online in
7: syndication on networks across the U.S. and available internationally on the American Forces Network.
3: Welcome back here to the General Tire Down a Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor Man. Big uh, big hour number 1 uh Dalton Kellett driver for AJ Foyt, Alex Rossi driver for Andretti Autosport and 8500 champ. Uh yeah, we got uh, we got a lot still to come in hour number 2. Good friend Tiffany Stone. is going to be on to talk a little bit about uh what's happening in the dirt. Uh, we got uh, uh, we got James Hinchcliffe uh, going to be on uh, this hour as well, driver for Andretti Autosport and former pole sitter uh, in the Indianapolis 500. He's going to be on to talk about uh, this weekend's Big Indy 500. And, uh, yeah, you know, I want to take a chance, though, to thank all of our listeners. Specifically, this is Memorial Day weekend, and I am very honored that this show airs on the US American Forces Network. I know we've got a lot of military uh stationed both here in the states but uh you know but more importantly overseas who uh not only uh tune into this show on the uh, American Forces Network but uh, do amazing Things for our country. Uh, you allow us to go racing this weekend. You allow me the opportunity to uh, to you know to basically do radio uh, for a living. And uh, thank you guys for everything you do. I know you're not here, but uh, I am pouring a fistful of bourbon on Monday, and uh, I am going to be having a drink in your guys' honor. So and women's honor. Uh, you know all of our military. But uh, thank you for everything that you do. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I am a massive supporter of our military and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate sincerely from the bottom of my heart, uh, everything you have done, uh. Um, you know, to to help keep us safe and keep us free and allow, uh, you know, people like me to pursue our passions. So, uh, yes, uh, we are going to uh, take a short commercial break. Hour number two, Tiffany Stone and uh, James Hinchcliffe will be right here, locked, loaded for another hour of the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. We'll be back after this short break.
7: USA Radio News with Lance Pride.
16: As the self-inflicted crisis at the Mexico-U.S. border remains unresolved, the person in charge of the border crisis, Vice President Kamala Harris, is out campaigning for fellow Democrat Gavin Newsom because this is what's important to the nation.
15: This recall campaign is about California and it's about a whole lot more. They're thinking that if they can get this done in California, they can go around the country and do this. got to understand what's happening right now. What's happening in Texas, what's happening in Georgia, what's happening around our country with these policies that are about attacking women's rights, reproductive rights, voting rights, workers' rights. They think if they can win in California, they can do this anywhere. Well, we will show them you're not going to get this done. Not here. Never.
16: Recall voting continues. USA Radio News. Nielsen says
13: more than 30 million Americans are now tuning in to Newsmax TV. It's one of the biggest media stories. Newsmax is available on all major cable systems, and if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you can still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TVs like Samsung, LG, and more. Just go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. Newsmax also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, or TiVo, and 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their smartphone. It takes seconds to download it on your phone and there's no paywall or subscription. So watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime, anywhere. President Trump says Newsmax is really good and Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax TV and going to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a source you can trust. Newsmax is real news for real people.
16: Folks impacted by Hurricane Ida in the southeast United States continue to need help. Tim Berg reports on the suspected costs of Hurricane Ida.
5: Hurricane Ida may cost upwards of $95 billion in damages across the United States. AccuWeather initially saying the cost of repairs could be as much as $80 billion. The agency saying the U.S. economy could feel the impacts of the storm for the rest of the year. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau... I'm Tim Berg.
16: Roughly a quarter million people in Louisiana are still without power. As celebrities and leading Democrats are campaigning for recalled Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom in California, front-running Republican candidate Larry Elder was the victim of a racist attack in Los Angeles, California Wednesday. A white woman in a gorilla mask threw an egg at Mr. Elder, a black American. Gavin Newsom has offered no comment on the attack. Mr. Elder said after the attack he would not let these people deter his bid to save California.
1: That's 800-215-5141.
16: As the defund the police movement is being pushed by lawmakers in Washington, D.C., we are seeing the repercussions and lawlessness throughout the United States. Former acting Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf told Newsmax Tuesday criminals must be held accountable. This is about the rule of law, making sure
5: that individuals that decide to break the, uh, to break the law, that there are consequences for that. And so if you see individuals that are shoplifting or breaking the law, and you're allowing them to walk away with no consequence, obviously that just incentivizes that type of behavior, and you're going to continue to see this in communities across the country. So absolutely, they need to be held accountable. I understand the issue of not being able to prosecute everyone that breaks every crime, but you need to hold a couple of these people and make a, a, a target out of them uh, and to demonstrate to others that are going to do this that it, you have the chance of being caught, and if you're going to be caught, you're going to be prosecuted. On uh, crimes that are low-dollar figures or don't have any bodily harm, to them. So that's why you see a lot of this going on unprosecuted. I think for the stores and for others, they're not, they're encouraging their employees not to engage because of uh, the ability uh, or the potential to be hurt and the liability there. So I think it's a, there's a multitude of different reasons, but at the end of the day, the, the police, the law enforcement of these different communities need to pick certain cases to go after and to prosecute. If you give a blank check to anyone, committing a crime under a certain dollar figure, well, guess what? You're going to see those crimes
0: increase. I'm Lance Prime, USA Radio News. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income,
1: That's 800-760-1845
7: Thanks for tuning in to the Down and Dirty Radio Show available live online in syndication on networks across the U.S. and available internationally on the American Forces Network.
3: Welcome to hour number 2 of the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor. Yes, if you're just tuning in on Sirius XM, US American Forces Network, Sports Byline, or podcast one, my website, Apple Podcasts, I am Jim Beaver. I'm hosting this thing. 10 years in, I'm still here in the saddle and uh, right now we're going to roll into a Dirt Fish Rally Report brought to you by our good friends at Dirt Fish Rally School. Find out more information on the web at www.dirtfish.com. And if you want to go up there and you want to get some training... You can shoot me a DM on social media. It's at JimBeaver15. Or you can use the coupon code JimBeaver15, and that's going to get you 15% off any and all classes at Dirt Fish Rally School. And trust me, it is going to get your driving game on point. I don't care what you do. A uh, ton of fun and uh, definitely a great way uh, to spend a few days in the dirt, or even just a day if uh, if uh, you know that's all you want to do. But uh, yeah, Dirt Fish, right now, big one. Extreme E round two. Obviously, we had round one in Saudi Arabia. Round two is upon us, uh, and it is going to be in Senegal. Um, kind of around, uh, going to be running, I believe, uh, areas around the Dakar Rally, former Dakar Rally when it ran in Africa. But um, yeah, things are happening over there in Senegal, and uh, I got to tell you, I'm uh, I'm kind of amped for this. Uh, you know, it's uh, I think the biggest storyline, what everybody is worried about. Is uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, you know, you know, obviously Kyle Duke and Sarah Price, they were the ones, they were this dark horse, they were the ones, you know, people picked to just destroy the competition and uh, and have an amazing, amazing run in Extreme E, and uh, you know, uh, you know, it's safe to say Kyle probably overdrove the car a little bit, uh, you know, that would be probably an understatement, but um, you know, yeah. Uh, You know, they uh, did not have a great showing at Saudi Arabia, and I believe – that uh, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. And uh, I think definitely podium contenders could sleep in and take a victory here in round number two. So, uh, yeah, that is uh, that is kind of the biggest storyline, I think, um, is going to be that, you know. But, uh, you know, obviously Dakar is going to be a little bit different than Saudi, but uh, not too far different as far as terrain goes. So, um, you know, I think uh, drivers going to be able to ease in pretty well and uh, should be exciting. But, uh, yes, Extreme E on tap this weekend. Be looking for that. And Dirtfish, Dirtfish.com, will have all full coverage of the Extreme E Championship uh, this weekend. And with that, we're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be back uh, with Tiffany Stone right here on the Gentle Tire Down a Dirty Radio Show, powered by Razor. I'm Polaris rider Jim Beaver. I race trophy trucks professionally, host the Down a Dirty Radio Show, and also travel the country announcing motorsports events. I've seen it all, and trust me, I've done most of it. So when it comes time to relax on the weekend, nothing is better than taking time with my family in our Razor vehicles. They've got the reliability I need to just pick up and go explore the desert dunes or trail and have the capability to attack even the harshest terrain. If you're looking for some of the most reliable and safest and hands-down most capable off-road machines in the world, look no further than Polaris and their award-winning lineup of Razor vehicles. Whether you want your daughter to experience off-road driving for the first time in a Razor 170 like me, take the entire family out in a Razor XP4 1000 on the weekend, or shred the desert and dunes in the all-new Razor XP1000 Fox Edition, Polaris has you handled. Take my advice and join me and some of the best drivers in the world by driving a Polaris Polaris Razor. Check out the full Polaris Razor lineup at Polaris.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Polaris Razor.
8: From the 2018 Master Distillers of the Year comes a bold new American whiskey and fistful of bourbon. Their whiskeys have been award-winning for generations. Now they're going all in on bourbon, blending five straight whiskeys to create a big, balanced bourbon that stands apart from everything else. So grab yourself a fistful of bourbon, a blend of five bourbons created with over 100 years of whiskey blending experience. It ain't just a bourbon, it's a damn fistful. Please enjoy responsibly.
7: welcome back to the
3: General tire down a dirty radio show powered by polaris razor like to welcome one of my favorite human beings tiffany stone to the line t-stone what is going on i hear you're up at the lake
17: i am um it's been a pretty busy year so far super thankful about that but needed some time to kind of like regroup so honestly i'm making chicken wings right now to like put on the grill and just kind of relax until next week and then uh we have Antigo, and then I've got Southern Ohio Forest Rally. So, yeah, it's just been pretty busy.
3: Yeah, so here's a question. You're, you're putting some wings on the grill. Are you like a grilling aficionado, like you pride yourself in your grilling, or is this just something like, hell, i got to cook something, I'll just throw it on the grill?
17: Uh, a little bit of both, just obviously trying to learn here and there all the time. Um, uh, <laughs> this is in no way, shape, or form a sponsored ad in any <laughs> way, but I really enjoy – famous dave chicken wing spicy hot season use it on everything type of th- deal like i you know have been finding stuff that i like and then well, i know me once i like it i like it and that's kind of about the end of it so um that's that's what i like to use so famous daves if you hear me uh shout out to you because i enjoy your uh your seasoning for your chicken wings <laughs> You know, and that's
3: one of the things that and you and I have talked about kind of food on this show and stuff like that before. But it's one of the things I love our lifestyle, you know, the, the traveling, sometimes it wears on us. Like right now, you're like, I need to reboot. Like at times I need to reboot. Right. But like when I'm not on the road, like last year for months on end, like it got kind of weird. Um, but one of my favorite parts of being on the road, hotels aren't one of them. Like I would much rather have my bed than a hotel bed any day of the week. But it's the food. Like, there's not many people that have been able to try the best food in every area of this country, and I have. Like, I go to Texas, I'm going to try some barbecue, and I want to go to the place that they say is the best damn barbecue, you know? I go to uh, one of the coasts, and I'm eating seafood and, you know, and things like that. And I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate is that people like you and I have been able to try. Like, everybody hears about the lobster in Maine. I've tried the lobster in Maine. It is that good, you know? Like, I, I am fortunate, and you're fortunate. We get to try those foods that everybody talked about from all over around the country, you know?
17: No, exactly. And that's what's so awesome about everything is, like, we do. We do get to try all the, the awesome food throughout. it. Um, you and I were actually just talking when I was up in um, in Olympus area, well, Shelton um, area for Olympia for, you know, the Olympus rally. I was getting oysters and seafood every single night that I could, because it's like, I'm here, you might as well do it. And it's the same thing you said, when we go to coast, you know, when I'm in Arizona, I try to get tacos when I'm other places, you know, I try different types of food when I'm in St. Louis, Kansas city, like you said, barbecue. So it's, it's very fortunate. Um, I'm very thankful to do that. And the funny thing sometimes is I can tell you some of the best restaurants that are not in Michigan because that's how much I travel.
3: <laughs> that is a true story. Like I, I, you know, and it's like there, there's some in Arizona and SoCal that I get so much, and people are like, "I want to go there, I want to go there, I want to go there," and I'm like, "Yeah, I go there all the time. Like, and I feel spoiled. It's like In-N-Out. I love me some In-N-Out." But it's like, I feel bad because there's people in other parts of the country that never get in and out and they're like, they crave it. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, I'm a little spoiled. Like you said, the tacos, and Mexican food down here, like I go anywhere else in the country. They're like, let's go get some good Mexican food. And I'm like... Yeah. Wisconsin. I I don't know that that's a thing. No, it's really good. And I'm like, yeah, but it's even if it's good by Wisconsin, Mexican food standards, it's not going to hold up to Arizona and SoCal, Mexican food standards. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, it's just like, so certain parts of me feel bad because it's like, I'm raining on their parade where they actually by Wisconsin standards, it might be good Mexican, but it's just not, you know?
17: No, I, I, uh, I completely agree with you on that one. Um, And that's where it is. It's just like sometimes you're just like, uh, I don't know. It's like my mom is from Thailand. So when people are like, let's go get some really good Thai food, I'm like, "Ah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if you can beat my mom's Thai food, but yes. Yeah.
3: So... Let's talk about what you've been up to, because I know we'll get into the stuff. You and I, we're going to Cran in uh, the end of June. We've got some other stuff to talk about before then. But uh, you were, what, at the uh, Ultimate Call-Out Challenge. So tell me about this Ultimate Call-Out Challenge. This drag racing diesel trucks, like, this is always kind of interesting. You know, you got big, I mean, massive black smoke billowing out. Like, you know, how... How cool is this compared to NHRA? I mean, you we have some friends in NHRA. You've been around NHRA. I mean, you know, you you've been around top fuel cars. You know, Antron. You know, how is it just as gratifying watching diesels just drag race, or is it kind of not? Like, give me the lowdown here, T Stone.
17: No, it is. And first and foremost, I will say that I was completely, somewhat out of my element. Obviously, like you said, NHRA. I've been around drags. Um, I've done all of that. This is actually the second time I went to UCC and it's in in Indianapolis. And I uh, did kind of like a T-zone takeover for Amsoil, which was always awesome. But it's out of my element. Like, yes, I have lifted Jeeps, but I don't have like lifted trucks where these are all show vehicles. They had over 300 different show trucks, which is really, really cool. Um, and what I like about it is if you're in an automotive or if you're in motorsports and say you don't necessarily know this but you appreciate it it that's kind of what i felt like yeah i'm not into diesel trucks i have never built one i've actually i don't think i've ever driven a diesel truck but like the amount of work and the amount of love and the amount of time that goes into this you really have to appreciate it and you know i know michael dalton from rlc motorsports and it was really cool to see him down there especially with his um bright orange fast fuel truck And it was just cool to be able to talk to some people about that because, you know, it's all the same, same, but different. Like I tell everybody, like we all do the same things, but it's kind of different and they're great. I mean, we saw some trucks just take to, you know, the lanes and it's just, it's really cool, something that you need to see. And what was unique about this event was UCC is kind of, you know, there's the DPI, the Diesel Performance Industry Show. And then there's also you know, the drags for the ODSS series and they've combined it. And, you know, they even had like a burnout challenge, which was really cool to see some of our friends over there do some burnout challenge, you know, especially from the red diesel podcast guys, they brought a a van out there and drifted a van. Um, So that's always really cool to see that. And I don't know, it's just, it was really different, but unique. And like I said, same, same, but different overall great weekend.
3: Have you wanted to throw like a supercharger on your Jeep or something like that and go and drag race some diesel truck guys?
17: I do. I've talked about it. Um, <laughs> there's a 440 Magnuson. There's a Hamburg one. There's tons of different things, but um, I'm not into all of that. So it, it would be very hard for me to, to really grasp, but there, I want to, but I've also heard some of the superchargers. There's too much boost for the standard three six. So it's, it's, it's a touchy situation. Parts of me just kind of want to get a new diesel Jeep and then, tear that down and kind of drag, break that. But anybody who's ever driven a Jeep, we're very, we're not very aerodynamic in some sense. So I don't know how fast a diesel Jeep would be doing some drags, but it's always out there to think about.
3: Yeah. I feel like, you know, and honestly, I feel like having like a supercharger on your Jeep or a diesel Jeep would be different because diesels are meant to kind of idle and things like that. But I feel like taking your gas engine Jeep and throwing like a supercharger on it or something like that, I feel like when you go out and crawl at, like, Moab and stuff like that, it'd be a pain in the ass, Tiff. Like, and obviously, I haven't done enough rough rock crawling to know, but I'm like, man, because, you know, the way boost works and have to spool it up, things like that, like, to me, it just wouldn't be beneficial in the rocks, you know? Like, I don't know. It just... You know, like my turbo razor, like I got to keep that thing spooled up. You know what I mean? You've got, you know, it's all about momentum, things like that. And with rocks where you're on and off the gas and kind of babying it and kind of easing over stuff, I feel like I don't know that a supercharger would be the best option there. You know, I think that naturally aspirated horsepower is definitely the way to go. I don't know. What are your thoughts?
17: No, um, same thing. And honestly, at the end of the day, if I'm just going to drag race a Jeep, I might as well just do the 392, you know, Um, that's kind of been proven, add some things, change some things on there, but start with the 392. I don't know. It's all talks. Um, there, there is some ideas in my head to be able to do that. But like I said, how, how aerodynamic is a Jeep? Uh, I think a cow is more aerodynamic than a Jeep. So maybe that's going to be on the back burner for me.
3: Yeah. Speaking of though, I mean, you've got these big like F. 350s and you know in these big dodges and things like that yeah they're not quite as aerodynamic either so i don't know they're you know that's what i think i've seen some diesel drags i think it's interesting you know and one thing i love too is a lot of them are just lifted up big ass tires things like that you know and it's like it's so not the vehicle you would think would be drag racing you know no
17: exactly what's kind of cool is um it just you know, all different styles, all different flavors, all different everything. Um, overall, the show and shine was really, really cool just because you got to see what people conceptualize and what their ideas are and they come together and put it together. And, you know, this uh, a, a really nice 79 one, the show and shine, it was done in white. It was really, really clean. And, you know, me, I'm, I'm all about not old styles, but like, you know, Dent sides. I do like square bodies. Um, I enjoy the older vehicles. The C10 is always great. Um, I'm a huge Dodge A100 fan. So if you've ever seen one of those, it's pretty cool. There's a one on my Instagram. You can check out from Last Barrett Jackson. But it's just really, really cool. Um, I I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to possibly going back. And who knows, Jim? Maybe next year I'll build a lifted truck and and bring it to UCC on my own.
3: Well, I would love to see that, but we got to take a short commercial break. We'll be back after this on the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor.
1: 800-754-4531
7: Thanks for tuning in to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, available live online in syndication on networks across the U.S. and available internationally on the American Forces Network. Welcome back to
3: the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Jim Beaver here along with Tiffany Stone. Yes, she didn't hang up over the break. She is still here. Uh we got another round of uh of chatting to do, and uh, we're gonna shift gears here though, because I know uh we got short course season about ready to kick off in the Midwest. She's she's gonna be at Anigo. We're go both gonna be at Crandon. Uh but before I guess before we jump into that, I know you got some rallying to do. Southern Ohio Forest Rally. This rally, tip is actually one I have never been to. I've been to uh pretty much every rally on the calendar But, uh, you know, when I was working in kind of the voice of Stage Rally in the U.S., uh, this one wasn't on the calendar. And the year after I left, this popped onto the calendar. So give me the lowdown on Southern Ohio because I haven't been there. And I know uh, interesting stuff. I mean, Ken Block's been showing up. I know uh, McKenna's car just was deemed legal. For uh, for Stage Rally, for ARA, I know there was this big gray area, and they just deemed it legal for at least this year. I think the rules are going to change for 2022. But we got a lot of storylines happening in Stage Rally right now.
17: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've got some big names. Obviously, a good friend of yours, Travis Pastrana, is doing the whole thing with his teammate, Brandon Semina, for um, Subaru Motorsports and Vermont Sport Car. So that's always cool. Ken Block, um, he's been talking about obviously doing the whole Season and he's in that brand new Subaru as well. So it's kind of cool to see some of the two top guys, especially Ken being such a great driver. Obviously, you've seen all the stuff that he's done with rally and all the drifting. So it's really cool to see that. And then Barry McKenna. So you have a great set of guys, you know, that are going for that championship, at least, you know, five six seven different of the top guys that are running all the nationals so it's pretty cool to see um i've actually never been to southern ohio um i had a friend that passed away last year right around the time um and it was a a, a tragic accident so i kind of took that time off so i actually didn't go but i know that they race at night we start late we start we go into the evening then we start early the next day i mean podium and and awards are going to be 10 p.m. on one night, so it's really cool to have some stage rally that's done at night, um, especially because a lot of people like Ken, they use the rigid lights, and that's just going to light everything up, and it's a true testament because you start to see shadows, you start to see things that you didn't see before, and it just shows how great of pace notes the co-driver and yourself need to take, and then how great you are as a driver and then how well you and your co-driver work together to be able to dominate some of those stages so looking forward to it honestly if it does not rain I will be the happiest person in the world because it seems like every rally I've been going to has been raining so I'm, I'm looking forward to that but yeah Southern Ohio is going to be a
3: good time. Yeah, with rally, it's the weird one you want, Well, it's, I guess desert racing is a bit the same. I don't mind ra- desert racing in the rain, but um, with stage rally, it's like you want it about three or four days before the rally to rain so it's not dusty. But then you don't want any rain come come uh, come race day. You know, it's like once drivers hit the stage, it's just one of those weird things where yeah, rain is not your friend in rally. Um, when it's happening, because it, and especially if you're media, um, like you or like I, because man, you're trudging around in the muck, and it's just it's a mess, Tiff.
17: No, exactly. And uh, then once it stops raining and the sun comes out, you're stuck in the middle of the woods or the forest, and mud come out. So.
3: Yeah, it's humid. <laughs> uh, that being said, yeah. speaking of mud, the place we do expect mud and a whole hell of a lot of it. Anago Cranon coming up. I uh, talked about Anago kind of to start the show, Tiff, and uh, you know, I I want to chime in on this one. I'm not actually going to Anago. You are, but how rad is it to be see Anago back on the calendar? Uh, and I've, you know, it's been well over a decade since Anago has been raced on, and uh, I'm kind of excited to see this back. And you know, it's kind of you know, it's bringing something back from the dead. That's always rad in motorsports.
17: No, it's also cool, and and like you said, I actually, I have never been there because I didn't start start with it until after um, they had done it. I think it was probably, what, during the core days or the more days, one of those, but just looking forward to it, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, there's six races for the season for Champ Off-Road, and, you know, it'll be really cool. Obviously, we always enjoy Labor Day weekend back at Cranon, but it's always great to go back to Cranon at the beginning of June for the brush run, and being able to um, see everybody looking forward to some things. And honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to shape up, especially since um, Lucas oil no longer has their short course. So who's coming out there, how many people are going to be there? You know, I I think I saw a number and I could be wrong, but a number where there was at least like seven pro fours already signed up and then maybe a dozen or so um, pro twos. So it's, it's cool to see all of that happening. And then, you know, I always enjoy seeing everybody, especially all the Vision Wheel guys, so it's a good time.
3: Yeah, and I I think that's one of the big things. This is really going to be the first year, and I know we've got that Great American Short Course, and that's – um, that, that's kind of more of a regionalized. It's basically taking place of the Lucas Oil regionals. Um, you know, so that's going on. And, you know, there's some guys kind of testing and tuning there. But I, I think this this six-race series, is everybody's looking at it as the marquee series. And this is the first time we've ever had a truly unified series. And I think this is going to be – it's going to be huge this year. Um, like you said, Pro 4 is back. It's going to be a stack field. Pro 2, uh, you know, we're going to have full-time guys that were running in the West, now in the Midwest. Uh, it's got me really excited. I know, uh, it's definitely helped some of these guys with sponsors. Now you got, you know, the tire companies, the oil companies, everybody's going into one series. I think it's definitely made things a little bit healthier for the drivers to find sponsorship, uh, and easier to pitch. I mean, this has got me really, really excited to see some stacked fields in, in short course. And not that we didn't have them in certain divisions before, but now, man, this is going to be the best of the best. Uh, I think it's going to be tough to win this championship in 2021.
17: No, I agree with you. And I just think it's going to be really, really cool to see everything um, come together. Uh, and obviously, a lot of people have been doing some things in the off season. the Greaves, of course, the Van Eprins, you know, been doing some things. Um, I've also seen Kyle Chaney do some stuff. So it's really cool to see that. And, you know, everybody loves short course. And if you haven't been to a short course, you're kind of missing out. It's uh, just imagine everything happening when one area you can see all of the carnage you can see all of the chaos in one area and i'm hoping for um some good racing this year
3: so most importantly are you and i taking the jeep on the ultra four track i mean come on tiff you know what this has got to happen
17: i mean we've always taken the jeep on the ultra <laughs> four track and um i need to make sure that my wheels are all good to go since i'm getting some new ones put on before before the race and um you know, not that you need to shake down some wheels, but why don't we shake down some wheels?
3: Yeah, so are we going to take it over the rock pile? that That's the next question. We we take it on the Ultra 4 track, we always bypass the rock piles. the rock pile in play this year?
17: Yes, 100% the rock pile oh. is in play, and the rock pile is going to be more in play. Because the way that I look at it, yes, everybody's working, but if worse comes to worst. There are enough teams there that could help me fix my Jeep if need be. So uh, that's exactly what we're going to end up doing. I did a little part of it last year in fall Crandon. Um looking forward to uh, making me take in the bigger rocks this time. Just got some more time underneath my belt. Obviously EJS was a success this year. Um, just did the Trailmanator with um, all of those guys out there. We did Pritchett Canyon again. So yeah, just pretty excited about it
3: all. Yeah, how was EJS this year? I've heard, uh, I, I the trails I heard were amazing. How was everything else? I've heard mixed reviews. Just overall, I know this is there's nothing against the organizers of EJS. Just coming out of the pandemic, I've heard the trail the trail stuff was amazing. Overall, the event wasn't quite back to where it was pre pandemic
17: uh honestly first time going there so um i have nothing to really compare it to but pretty excited it was cool for me and like you said the trails were the best and obviously you know i do enjoy vendor shows but being able to go out to moab and hit up three four five different trails within the few days that i was there was totally worth it um i do want to go back you and i've been talking about possibly going back and just doing a one-off and creating some content so i think that that would be the plan and overall i think it's it's good and can't wait
5: to go back. Yeah, well,
3: I guess bringing things full circle, you and I will both be Crayon in the end of June. Are they going to have cheese curds this year, Tiff? I mean, man, they didn't have them last year. That was like the biggest complaint from everybody at Crayon, and no cheese curds. I mean, have we got a definitive answer? Maybe we need to start firing off some text to Tina and stuff. Hey, we're going to have cheese curds this year?
17: I hope so, because honestly, what I had to revert or resort to last year Uh, when a good friend of mine, Luke Johnson came in, who used to race a bunch of short course, course trucks. Um, we ended up taking the fried chicken wings and dipping them in cheese. And that was legit, like (laughs) legit, legit taking the wings and dipping them in cheese. So if we don't have cheese curds this year, Tina, uh, we're gonna be dipping the wings in the cheese again.
3: Yeah, well, the the thing we do know is group therapy will have apple pie moonshine. So there there's always that as the fallback, right?
17: Um, always, and then you know me, I'm gonna probably have some bourbon or some whiskey or something like that. Yeah, I
3: gotta have gotta have the whiskey. I'll bring the fistful. But uh, Tiff, it is uh, always fun catching up. We got to cut to a short commercial break, but uh, always fun. T Stone. Same to you. Yes, Tiff and I will be at Cranon later in June. almost said later this month. I feel like it's June already. But, yes, we got Memorial Weekend to get through first. She's headed to Antigo, Southern Alpha, Ohio Forest Rally. She travels as much as I do and always makes for great stories and always appreciate her taking the time to uh, call into the show. We're going to take a short break, and it's James Hinchcliffe right here on the show On return to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor.
18: Can you name the three habits of healthy hygiene? We shower, we brush our teeth, and we, wait a minute, what third habit? Think about it. The pandemics reminded us that the nose is your body's filter against a constant invasion of airborne germs. Your nose traps allergens, bacteria, and viruses, but like any filter, the more it's clogged up, the less it works. Now it's easy to clean your nose with Navage. My name's Martin Hoke, and I did not invent nasal irrigation. It's been around thousands of years, but I did invent Navage to make nasal irrigation easy for everyone. Navaj uses powered suction to flush out germs that cause congestion, or worse, can make you very sick. People love Navage. It has 4.7 stars with over 70,000 online reviews. And over 2 million people use Navaj to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier. Go to Navaj.com or find Navaj at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, Bed Bath, and select Walmarts. Make cleaning your nose your third habit. Navage, Clean nose. Healthy life.
1: You can't buy Pet Joy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio on.
3: Hi, Tom Bodette for Motel 6, leaving the light on for families back on the road. Kids in suitcases jammed in the back, earbuds tangled in the dog, heading to see Aunt Jasmine and her rock garden. Admit it, you missed this. And Motel 6 has been missing you. With our clean, comfortable rooms and great low rates, we've been giving families on the move the perfect roadside rest for almost as long as Aunt Jasmine's been Putting rocks in her yard. I'm Tom Bodette from Hotel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. If you're into collectibles, there's only one way to go,
13: and that's with Andy Maddock. You can get in touch with Andy by calling him at 805 657 533 or by going to andybuyscards.com. Whether you're interested in buying or selling any kind of collectible, it's time to get in touch with the one and only Andy Maddock. Call Andy at 805 805- Six five seven zero five three three, or go to andybuyscards.com. That's andybuyscards.com.
12: Hi, this is Marsha Hawkins of Elevating with Marsha. Join me this week. We're talking sports. Yes, the NFL 2021 season is in full gear. Boy, am I excited. So of course, we're going to talk sports. We're also going to talk a little bit about 9-11 and the 20-year anniversary. And we're also going to talk about how I can help you save some money. Join me, on Elevating with Marsha, on Sirius XM 203, 217, and on the app, 967 Sports Byline, USA Radio Network.
7: You're listening to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. All killer and no filler. Welcome back
3: to the General Tire Down to 30 radio show, powered by Polaris Razor. I'd like to welcome a guy it has been, uh, I'm going to think, at least two years since we've had you on air. But uh, the mayor of Hinchtown, James Hinchcliffe, welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been, uh, been a while, but uh, we got a lot to catch up on. It is the month of May. We're back in Indianapolis, and you are safely qualified into the Indy 500 field, so that's got to feel good.
4: It doesn't feel bad. <laughs> you know, I've... It was funny. We were sitting there watching the, uh, the guys going for the last row game and trying to make the show yesterday. And I just I fell for every single one of those teams and drivers because obviously we've been on that on that you know program before and we've been on the winning side of it. We've been on the losing side of it, and it's just uh, it's so tough to watch. But at the same time, it's it's part of what makes Indy so special. And, what makes this race so exciting?
3: Well, and and that's a good thing. And I wanted to bring it up to with you. And you know, we kind of can just roll right into it, I guess, and lead with that. But it seems like every year. I mean, you know, you're you're one of the top guys in the sport. Will Powers, one of the top guys in the sport. You know, you obviously a few years back didn't qualify, and you had to go through the whole bump process and things like that. Didn't work out your way. It just seems like Indy's the equalizer. I mean, it plays no favorites, and it always seems like every year, for whatever reason, there's that one kind of marquee guy that everybody expects to be safely qualified in that, for whatever reason, just has some struggles and ends up finding themselves kind of, you know, in that bubble, you know?
4: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, there's a lot of talk going on, around, you know, over the weekend with the struggles that Will is having, you know, in Penske. It's been, what, t- uh, 20, almost 30 years since, uh, you know, 25, 26 years since a Penske car hasn't qualified for the Indy 500. And they were, they were close, you know. They, that nearly happened again and uh and it just shows you i mean the, the guy won the race a couple years back and and here he is fighting to stay in it and during his qualifying run, he taps the wall and keeps his foot buried i mean that he earned that spot i mean it was, that was such an exciting thing to watch and again like i said my heart was in, in my throat just watching it just feeling for him and for the team i know what that's like and yeah no it's uh india is india special it really is it it picks its people and you can uh, you know you can be a king king one year, but that means nothing when you come back. You know, three hundred sixty-five days later. Well, you know, and I,
3: I guess you know with you, I, I feel like you know you've experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in India. Obviously, there's that one high that we haven't quite got yet. But I mean, you've been a pole sitter. Obviously, we know you had the the bad crash, came back, you won the pole. You've been bumped out of the field. I mean, India has definitely uh, pulled at your heartstrings more than uh, more often than not, man.
4: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, we've. Uh... We've talked a lot about how, like you know, like you said, we've experienced pretty much every motion indie except one. There's just, there's just one box left to check um, on, the, on the high highs and the low lows. You know, and
9: uh, we're hoping that
4: a uh, couple days here we can finally check that box and uh, and have the, the full indie
16: experience.
3: Well, you know, that being said, let's talk about this year. Obviously, you know, you're safely qualified in in the 16th spot. Uh, you know, you're inside row number six. I mean, uh, come Sunday, obviously, we know this is a long race. I mean, you got to play the long game at Indy. Obviously, you want to get up towards the front, you know, as quick as possible. But you're not in a bad spot. I mean, how, how do you approach Sunday?
4: Honestly, it, it it goes back to something I was told my my rookie season uh, in 2011. You know, every guy I spoke to just said the same word over and over and over again, patience. And, you know, that that did us a lot of good a couple of years back. You know, we qualified 32nd, started on the last row there. And, you know, the year before, Rossi had actually been in the same position. He started on on the last row there. And I remember re-watching that race after we qualified 32nd and thinking, all right, let's see how he got into the top five from 32nd. And honestly, the first half the race, he didn't make a lot of progress, you know, but they, they stayed confident. They stayed patient and, you know, by the end they were in a good spot. And, and that's what we did in 2019 for 32nd. Um, you know, found ourselves in the top 10 there at the end of the race. And, uh, that's all you got to do. I mean, 16th, I started better. I started worse, but at the end of the day, you know, you just got to be up front at the end there and, and that's just going to take smart decisions good execution on pit lane, you know, not making any mistakes out on the track and, uh, Capitalizing on on other people getting impatient.
3: Well, you know, looking at twenty twenty one as a whole, we'll go back talking to Indy. But you know, how are you feeling about this year? Obviously, you know, last year, you know, you kind of ran a part time schedule. You came on at the end of the year with uh, with Andretti, and you know, having this stability once again in your career, you know, where you know, hey every single week i've got a race car i've got a team behind me we know we've got a good car we can go out we can compete for wins i mean how has that been for you coming off of a year last year you know where it was a little bit of an unknown you know throughout the whole year towards the end i mean how how good has that been for your confidence this year and and you know and and just your stability with the program
4: well i mean you know it's obviously great to be in that situation and back in a full-time ride with an organization like andretti and you know it's where we've wanted to be for a long time and uh, you know, coming back there after our stint uh, from 2012 to 14, uh, you know, the the year certainly hasn't gone the way we wanted up to this point. It's been a, it's been a big struggle for us in the 29 program, and um, and even the team as a whole. You know, we've we've under under delivered. You know, for the for the ability, I know that this this team has across all four cars, and um, it's been it's been a bit of a bit of a dry year for us up to this point. So. You know, we're looking inside a lot and, and trying to figure out what we can do better and, and how we can be a little more competitive as a group. Uh, but you know, just being in that position and like you say, being back for time with these guys and being able to help try to steer this ship back into uh a position where all four of us are, you know, competing for podiums every weekend is uh is a great feeling. Yeah. Well, you know,
3: that being said, obviously we got a super strong Indy 500 field. I mean, uh, you know, you you mentioned a little bit about, uh, you know, looking at some of Alex's, uh, you know, the way he came from the back, the one year and stuff like that, sitting in the middle of the pack. I mean, how how do you think this thing's going to play out? I mean, uh, you you think it's... uh... You know, obviously guys are shot out of cannon right away, but, uh, you know, you think, uh, you know, it's just basically, you know, staying, uh, staying the course and having a little patience, picking your way through traffic and try and uh, make your way, you know, over the first, uh, you know, say 100, 150 miles up towards the front?
4: Yeah, I think that's just it. You know, it's uh, the the package, the aero package that we have this year is a little bit different from last year. You know, IndyCar has been just trying to make the racing a little bit better, and uh, we've added some new aero bits that give us a bit more downforce. I think from – what we saw in practice over the, the course of last week, it's going to be an exciting race. You know, it's going to be a little more action than what we've seen in the last few years. And, um, and hopefully, you know, that, that helps, you know, a, a guy starting kind of mid pack, like, like I am. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, like you said, it's it's going to be about just kind of taking care of the car and, and taking care of everything for those first sort of hundred laps. And then over the next 50, start tuning yourself into a position where you can, you know, be there for that last 50 laps, that last pit stop. And, and be running up front and going
3: for the win. Yeah, and how important is it in a race like this at the Indy 500? I mean, obviously you've got some amazing teammates with with Ryan and, uh, you know, Colton, you know, Alex, you got Marco there. I mean, you've got some amazing teammates and, and kind of spread throughout the field. I mean, how important is it for you to have teammates in this race to, to make your way towards the front and, and know, you know, you've got some, some assets on your side, you know, to, to work your way through traffic?
4: Well, you know, I think it's it's obviously great having a big team like Andretti Autosport. I mean, we're six cars strong this 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 month with uh, Monco and Stefan being there. But you know, the all the help that you give each other to make all of you quicker over the course of the month, all that kind of comes from a little bit of a stop on race day. You know, it's, <laughs> race day is kind of time for every man to be for himself and uh, to be a little bit more selfish. So it's. Uh, it's a different, it's a different deal for sure, and it's always nice having teammates on track. You know they're going to race you clean and fair, but you know at the end of the day, you got to beat them just like you got to beat everybody else if you want to be hoisted the trophy. At the end of the day, how tough is it? You know,
3: you've had this entire week, you know, leading up to uh, to qualifying. You've been in the car ton of time in the, in the car you know every single day you're in the car you're burning off laps you're burning off laps you know you go through the whole qualifying thing and it's like boom pump the brakes you're out of the car for a week obviously weather's going to change in the next week you're out of it for almost a week until carb day i mean how tough is that as a driver to reboot come carb day and it's like all right we we got to get the wheels back in motion because we were, we spent an entire week in the car and then we almost took a week off and now we're back and it's race time
4: yeah, it's interesting. It is an interesting dynamic going from uh, you know you say six hours a day every day in the car to not being even at the track for most of this week. But uh, but luckily we do have that session on Carb Day and they extended it this year. It's two hours instead of the traditional one. So luckily we don't have to just show up on Sunday and, and get straight into it. But it, it really depends. You know, if you ended the last practice you know yesterday with a car that you were happy with and you felt good with, you're going to be okay strapping in on Carb Day. If you were not happy with your car on Sunday. And You've got to make some adjustments over this week, and you've got to go in there with a bit of an unknown. Yeah, you, you stress out a little bit more. You know, you're know, you a little bit more anxious to get to Car Day and really see what the car has become with these changes. You know, you hope that the weather doesn't change too much between what we've been reading the week and, and what we're going to see on, on Friday and you know, Sunday this week. So there's, uh, there's a lot of different things to think about and consider, and yeah, it, it's always a little nerve-wracking. Yeah. Well, obviously
3: Indy's the big one this weekend, but, uh, you know, we turn around and immediately out of Indy, we got a doubleheader in Detroit. We hit that stretch of races where it seems like every week or every other week we got, uh, you know, we got some kind of car races going on. Obviously Long Beach, the big one at the end of the year, you've won at Long Beach. You've, you've tasted that one before, but, uh, you know, obviously Indy's the big one, but coming out of this, I mean, how do you approach? Because we start hitting the stretch where there's a lot of races, a lot of points on the line.
4: Yeah, for sure. You know, and and that's one of the the big things, right? Is is before we get to Indy, not getting distracted by the fact Indy's coming up, and then once we leave Indy, you know, staying just as focused and and just as prepared for all the other races
15: that are coming up.
4: And uh, luckily this year, for the first time, and as long as I can remember, uh, we actually have the weekend off after Indianapolis, and we have a chance to kind of regroup and, and get ourselves back into a normal sort of you know pace and and, and race weekend protocol and. Um, that's going to be, I think, a nice break for the for the crew guys and for the drivers to kind of get over what we, we call it the May hangover. You know, it's just after being at the track pretty much every day and driving as much as we do and having that biggest race and all the pressure and all the stress, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a, a recharge, you know, after that race. And, and then you can start focusing on things like the doubleheader in Detroit and, and that stretch that you were talking about coming up. Yeah, well, and I know you wouldn't
3: trade it for the world, but, I mean, you know, put it in perspective, and I think you're probably one of the few guys that could probably put it into words, but, I mean, Indy, I mean, I've been there for the entire month before doing media stuff. I mean, it's, it's unlike anything anybody can ever, you know, present. I mean, obviously, you've got the road course, you know, that starts things off, and then you go through all the practices, qualifying weekend, which is its own event in itself, and then you've got the, you know, all the festivities of race week, then you've actually got the race on Memorial Weekend. I mean, you know, it's i don't think people realize they call it the year of may you know it's the month of may but it's you know some guys call it the year of may but I don't think people realize how much and how taxing it is for teams drivers everybody for that couple of weeks in may to put it all together and and really you know to to you know be on point come you know memorial weekend because it's so draining you know leading up to that point
4: it is and it's so draining for such a long period of time, like you were talking about. You know, if, if you think about other big sporting events, you know the the build up to them and, and the amount that people are involved in them at that level, that heightened level of pressure and stress and intensity. You know, it starts. it's basically starts May first, even though we still have a race before the 500. As soon as that calendar flips over to May, the guys have already been working on the cars. You know that you're going to be based out of the speedway for the next couple of weeks. And every day it's intense pressure, uh, it's intense anxiety. Oh, this is one little thing to go wrong, and if your car ends up in the wall, the work that that is, not only it's undone, the work that's undone that's already been done, but it's, you know, all the work that now has to be done to fix that thing. And everybody is just operating on a knife edge for such a long period of time. You know, the, the Super Bowl's a day, the Masters is three days, Wimbledon's, you know, a, a week, but this is a month. And you are engaged in it, and and just on that heightened level of everything for that entire time. So it's it's incredibly tough for everybody involved: drivers, crews, and, you know, engineers, the officials, anyone involved. It's uh, it's a pretty unique experience. Yeah.
3: Well, we got one last question before we let you go, Hinch, because I know we're up against the uh, time break here. But uh, you know, having Texas this year, and obviously Texas didn't work out the way you wanted Texas to work out, but having that. Oval race before you head into Indy, you know, that double header there, does that help or hurt, do you think?
4: You know, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword because you, like I said, you, you put so much prep as a team into your Indy car, right? Those, those chassis has a lot of hours spent on them, making them perfect, making them fit as well as they can, as slippery as possible for the speedway. And so you go to Texas, which is another super speedway, but you don't want to risk your Indy car during a double header right before the month of May you know it's it's kind of a slippery slope so some guys did it took the risk some guys reverted to a spare car and left their Indy car in the trailers in case of emergency sort of thing because you just didn't want to risk your best stuff for the 500 and because you know Indy being the first oval race of the year is actually not terrible because we do get so much practice there you know so it's you could argue that the first oval race being at a track as tough as Texas after only an hour of practice and no one's been racing on ovals for, you know, six, seven months, whatever it's been, uh, you could argue that that's actually a crazier idea, you know? So <laughs> i am actually be more of a fan of having Indy be the first one, or if we're going to do a race, somewhere like Texas beforehand, make it even earlier in the season, not quite so close to the start of May. Yeah,
3: that makes a lot of sense. I never even looked at it in that perspective. But uh, as always, man, you are uh, bringing something new to the show. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to call in, James. And, uh, man, best of luck this weekend. We would love to see uh, that highest of high, and you get that this weekend. Thank you so much, man. really appreciate it. And we'll be back right after this.
1: That's 800-410-4771.
14: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
15: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
14: Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of
15: options. I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain.
3: Welcome back to the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. And unfortunately, that is all she wrote for this week. Yes, it is time to uh, wrap things up. Big thanks to uh, Hinchtown James Hinchcliffe for calling in, uh, Dalton Kellett, Tiffany Stone, and my good friend uh, Alex Rossi. Uh, man, banger, banger of a show today. Um, I am at Beaver 15 on social media. Please head over to Podcast uh, One, Apple Podcasts, and uh, subscribe uh, thanks to everybody uh, tuning in all over the place. Uh, big shout out to our partners: General Tire, Polaris, Razor Vision, Wheel, GSPX TV, Axles, Rigid Industries, Dirt Fish, Optimus, our good friends at Fistful of Bourbon. Yeah, go get your bourbon on, especially this Memorial Weekend. Thanks to all of our military for tuning in and uh, everything you do for uh, supporting us. Uh, don't forget uh, Jim Beaver 15. will get your 15% off at Dirtfish Rally School. Uh, I will be live tweeting during the Indy 500. Join me on social media. Let's talk. Let's uh, chat about what's going on. I want to know your picks, what you're thinking, and uh, let's keep the dialogue going uh, during uh, that. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a big weekend, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Spend it with uh, friends, family, and uh, however the hell you want to spend it. I know I am. And, uh, yeah, we will uh, see you next week, next time, right here on the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by polaris razor uh be safe this weekend and uh yeah we'll see you next time
5: you're listening to the sports byline usa broadcast network